and I'm going to ask that you <clears throat> have patience with us as we lay a little bit of a foundation in the Word of the Lord this evening, because there's something I want to communicate to you folks this evening, especially to some of you who may not have experienced the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. I want to give you a little explanation tonight and a little <clears throat> some concepts from the Word of God that you will find invaluable if you'll open your heart to receive the Word of the Lord. Three different books of the Bible that I want us to look at briefly tonight. One of them is Genesis chapter 2. You find that, you can put your finger there and look for the next one, which is John chapter 3. And then finally, right next to John, right close to John, is the book of Acts. Acts, the second chapter. So Genesis, the second chapter, John, the third chapter, and Acts, the second chapter. Let's go back to the first one that I mentioned, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. The seventh verse of the second chapter of Genesis says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, or breath being the spirit, and man became a living soul. So we see here that God put two parts together to create a man, did he not? He put together the dirt or the dust of the ground and then the second component was his own breath the breath of God and when these two came together the earth and the breath of God the earth that God had formed and then the breath that he breathed into the nostrils of the carcass that he had created on the ground then man became a living soul so you have the body from the earth the spirit that came from the breath of God and the soul which is the composite of the body and of the spirit both your body and your spirit will affect the final destination or outcome of your life and the destination of your soul the second passage I want us to look at is in the book of John <clears throat> John chapter 3 this is a passage where an individual with a curious mind came to Jesus by night his name was Nicodemus. He didn't want his friends and associates to know that he was asking questions of Jesus, so he came at night. But notice what Jesus says to John in chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of Spirit is Spirit. When you were born from your mother's womb, you were born of the flesh. But when you're born again of the Holy Ghost, then you are born of the Spirit. Verse 7, Marvel not that I said unto you, thee, ye must be born again. Verse 8, the wind or the breath or the Spirit. Those words are interchangeable. The Greek word pneuma. It's the same word used in uh, verse 6 when it says Spirit. But verse 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest 
the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And when the Spirit, hallelujah, comes upon you and you're born of the Spirit, there will be a sound that can be heard. What is the sound of the Spirit? Everybody that's ever been born again of the Spirit will begin to speak forth in another language that they've never spoken before. Whether they are American, Mexican, Chinese, European, regardless of their ethnicity and background, they'll begin to speak in another language that they never learned before. That's the sound of the Spirit. You don't know where it's coming. You don't know where it's going. You can't see it. But you can hear the sound. And where the Spirit rests, there someone begins to speak in other tongues Jesus spoke this before he ascended into heaven then Jesus ascended into the heavens but before he went he told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father and we read about the coming of the promise of the Father in Acts the second chapter Acts chapter 2 says the first verse when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord and in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them verse 4 and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues or in other languages as the Spirit gave them the utterance because you're alive and breathing today, it's clear that you received the first breath of God. Because that's what gave us life. That's what gave us existence. That's what gave us strength and vitality. But if you have never experienced the second breath of God today, you are alive only in a partial sense. But once you experience the second breath of God, the breath of life, you will be alive in every sense. Because not only will your flesh be alive, but your spirit will be alive as well. Anybody experience the power of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. I'm going to preach to you this evening with the help of the Lord. Message entitled, The Second Breath of God. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for all of your blessings. I thank you for your spirit that has been resting during this revival. Lord God, we pray tonight, Lord Jesus, in faith believing that you would speak to someone's heart, Lord God, that through the power of your word, Lord Jesus, and the communion of your spirit, that you would communicate truth to the heart of someone who has not yet received, Lord God, the power of your spirit. And we're going to give you glory right now for it in the name of Jesus. Let's do that. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Now, what we read in the second chapter of Genesis let us know that when God created a living soul, He put two parts together. First, He reached into the physical, the created earth that He had created, and got a handful of dirt, so to speak. This dirt was full of all of the elements and the building blocks of life. And then the Lord God Almighty, according to His own will, formed and molded and shaped out of the dust of the ground a being that would look very similar in all likelihood to any of these men that you see around us 
formed with two arms, two legs, just like the body of an individual. He formed and molded this being out of the dust of the earth. And scientists will concur with the fact that the exact number of elements of matter that is in the soil is the same number of elements of matter that is in your flesh. Your body has the exact elements of matter that the earth does. And this was what God used to form man. But at this point, at the completion of the forming of this man, he was just a shell. There was no being. There was no existence. There was no life. There was no uh, purpose for this existence. It was just a mound of dirt. This was the outer man, the flesh, made from the earth, and it would forever be earthy. But then what we read in the verse 7 of chapter 2 of Genesis said that then God breathed into the nostrils of this lifeless form the breath of life. And the shell that was lying there found its purpose when the inner man was quickened with the breath or the spirit, if you would, of God. And the breath of God is what, uh, what imparted to man his spirit. And the purpose for our existence was not for the earth, but the purpose of our existence was for God. There are two parts to every man, the part that comes from the earth and the part that comes from God. Our purpose for existence was not to live unto the earth, but our purpose for our being is to live unto God that created us and give us life breath. So to Adam, the Bible says, then man became a living soul with mind and emotion. And we know and understand by study of the Word of God that our mind and our emotion are affected by both our flesh and our spirit. So there were two parts to Adam, the part from the earth and the part from God. And there are two parts to every man that has ever lived. When I say man, I am also including women. The one part came from the earth. The other part, as I indicated, came from God. The one part is flesh. The other part is spirit. The one part is carnal. The other part is spiritual. The one part is temporal and it will die and pass away. The other part is eternal and will live forever. The one part is outward and visible. The other part is inward and invisible. But every man that's ever been born is made up of the parts that I speak of. The earth and the breath of God. The flesh and the spirit. The Lord told Adam and Eve, there's only one requirement that I have of you. There's one tree that I don't want you to partake of. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. The Bible was clear. The Lord God Almighty revealed clearly. In the day you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. The day came, we know the story well, that the serpent beguiled Eve. She did eat. Eve gave to Adam and he did eat. But they noticed as the food went down their throat that they were still taking breath into their body. They were still able to move. They still had strength in their body. But the fact of the matter that God said in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die was truth in that they died not a physical death, but there was a spiritual death that Adam and Eve died that day because of sin and rebellion against the word of the, of the Lord. 
There was a dramatic change that took place. They looked at each other and with shame recognized that they were naked. Then they tried to cover themselves. Why? Because they had died a spiritual death. Up to that point, they had been spiritually alive. There had been a unique balance between the flesh and the spirit man. But at that point, the spirit man died. And how many knows it takes a miracle to resurrect a dead man? So everyone that was born from that day was born after the pattern of Adam. We had a spirit, but the spirit was dead. Our spirit man was not alive because of the transgression of Adam. We were alive, we breathed, we are able to live, we're able to work. But it's the physical side of us that is emphasized so strongly because our spirit man is dead. Now folks, we live in a very carnal and a fleshly world. Not necessarily good or bad, this is just the facts. That's the kind of world that we live in. And the overwhelming focus of this world is upon the carnal man. This world thinks about the fleshly man. This world thinks about the temporal, the here and now. The world is not concerned about the eternal. Our world is not concerned about things that are spiritual. It's only focused upon the carnal and upon the temporal. That's why, my friends, millions of dollars are spent annually on activities that are pleasurable to the flesh because we're pandering to and catering to and taking care of the carnal man the part of us that came from the earth and would only be satisfied from this earth the part of us that came from the earth isn't satisfied with the things of God our flesh is not pleased with the things of the spirit we don't find the word of God palatable in our fleshly man that's why we measure who we are or can become by virtue of our fleshly aptitudes if your flesh is very coordinated, then you may become an athlete. If your flesh is attractive, then you may become a model. If your flesh is very technical minded, you may become a mechanic or an engineer. If your flesh is very talented, you may become a musician. If your flesh is very creative, you may become an artist. If your flesh is very curious, you may become a scientist or a doctor. If your flesh is very personable and outgoing, you may become a salesman. And if your flesh is very vociferous, you may become a preacher or a politician. But we become classified and labeled and valued on the basis of our outward man. And the Bible makes a clear distinction between our outward man, which comes from the earth, and our inward man, which comes from God. And this world is focused completely and totally upon the outward man. The reason is, is that we live in a fleshly world, and that is the reality of our situation. This world counts and measures success in terms of finance, materialism, clothing, jewelry, cars, things, stuff, carnal trinkets. That's what this world measures wealth and value by. Carnal wisdom then tells you to go ahead and get as many things as you can. Get a good education so you can earn a good living, so you can have success. But the Bible, the Word of God, the only book that matters, says that all is vanity. Vanity. Vanity and vexation of spirit. While we seek carnal fulfillment, while we seek notoriety in this world to satisfy our carnal tastes with worldly pleasures, our real reason for existence lies dormant and lifeless. 
our inner man lies, if you would, in a coma. The spirit God gave us lies dormant and uninspired and unactive. And just like a hibernating bear in the winter, our spirit man is motionless, voiceless, powerless, and slumbering. That's the condition of people that you come in contact in the world. That's why they don't understand the ways of God, the things of God. Because their mind is carnal. And the Bible says a carnal mind is at war with the Spirit, with the things of God. Carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God and it can't even be that way. So people you come in contact with in the world, their spirit man is dead. People that you come in contact with may be good people, may be well-meaning folk, may have good desires in their heart. But the fact of the matter is they're only living after the flesh because without a miracle you can't resurrect a dead man and there's a dead spirit inside of those who have not been inspired by the spirit of the Lord so this world features the shell the outward man while we ignore the contents that are within the shell when I talk about contents in the shell I'm not talking about your heart your gizzard your lungs your intestines. That's not the inward man. That's all part of the flesh. The inward man, that which is on the inside, is the spirit and the soul. That which makes a difference. That's what's going to exist throughout all of eternity. You know your flesh will pass away. There's coming a day when my body will no longer be able to move because it will be dead. Not only that, but my body, if, if the Lord tarries, will begin to decompose in the ground. But I have a part of me that will live forever. And you have a part that will live forever. Everybody in this world has a part of them that will live forever. But in the meantime, they're ignoring the contents and featuring the shell. Can you imagine how foolish it would be if someone were to take a shotgun shell because it's pretty and it's red and uh, it matches the decor of their house? So they put up nails and they use these shotgun shells as decorations. They may want to do that. That might be a novel approach but it's kind of a weird idea because what you're doing is you're featuring the shell but ignoring the real purpose for the thing the real purpose is that which is on the inside the explosive power of the gunpowder and the pellets that can be used that is where the power and the use and the purpose of the shell is not the fact that the exterior is attractive but that's what we do in this world we feature the exterior we feature the outside all the while ignoring the purpose for our existence and that is the spirit man which is made by God given to us by God and its desire is unto the Lord you go to the Texas Roadhouse, uh, I don't know if they have it here, but you can get those cans of peanuts. Can you do that here? One thing I noticed as you look around the floors of the restaurant, what do you see? Peanut shells. That's the part that's discarded. What do they do with the contents? That's the useful part. That's the part that's made, taken advantage of and eaten. Whereas the shell is passed and tossed aside. The fact of the matter is the usefulness is on the inside and the shell is just to be discarded. And that's the fact in life as well. We're featuring the exterior. Our world features the outward, the carnal man. In the meantime, the purpose for our existence is the spirit man. And the only thing that can satisfy and fulfill the spirit man is the things of God which we experience in the 
the house of God, when we begin to feel the moving of the Spirit of God, hallelujah, when we begin to talk about the things of God. Kind of silly to think that we would feature the shell and ignore its contents, but this world does just that. Why else do we lie in the sun for hours or go to a tanning bed or go to a beauty salon, go to the mall, buy all these clothes, go to the shoe store, make the shell look good? We stimulate our carnal mind with classes, books, tapes, and self-help programs so the flesh can be intelligent. We do everything to make the flesh feel good and this world is full of people that do nothing to satisfy the spirit man which is the purpose for your existence. In the meantime, the spirit man remains asleep. Remains in darkness. Unsparked. Uninspired. Dead, if you would. The power and the dynamite and the usefulness and the purpose of your existence lies dormant inside of your flesh when you feature the shell and forget about the spirit man. I said a little bit earlier, I declared to you that it takes a miracle to resurrect a dead man. Just as much a miracle as it takes to resurrect a dead man dead in the flesh, it takes just as much a miracle to resurrect a man or a woman who is dead in the spirit. And I know of no other way for the spirit man to be resurrected, for it to be empowered, for it to be brought to life, than for there to be another breath of God that would emanate from the heavens, just like the first breath of God that took this body and gave it life and existence. The second breath of God will bring to life your spirit man Ezekiel looked at the pile of dead bones the Lord asked him can these bones live he said I don't know can they and then Ezekiel's vision the breath of God began to blow across this valley of bones and what happened before the breath ever came the bones came together flesh came upon the bones and, and muscle upon the bones but then when the breath of God blew into that valley there was a spiritual revival and it became a standing armory, army as breath came into those individuals hallelujah I'm thankful that I'm alive today because of the first breath of God but I'm even more excited in my spirit to know hallelujah that there is a spirit man that is alive and well a spirit man that is going to see God the Lord told his disciples go to Jerusalem and there wait for the promise of the Father wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father which you have heard of me and we read it in your hearing, Acts chapter 2. They were all in one accord in one place waiting for the promise of the Father. People that had spent time with Jesus. People that had been in His presence and had a desire to feel His Spirit. But yet their spirit man was not yet alive. But the Bible says suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Hallelujah. And when that wind came, that was in effect the breath of God. A sign that God was breathing upon 120 people that afternoon and when that second breath of God came upon them the Bible says they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance and something powerful was happening it was more than goosebumps going up and down the spine it was more than a good feeling and an emotional excitement but their spirit man was coming to life 
That afternoon, 120 people became brand new individuals. They began to have new desires. They began to have new passions. There was something else that was a hunger inside of them more than just the hunger of the flesh. Now there was a spiritual hunger. They had a desire now to be in the presence of the Lord. Now they like to come to the house of the Lord. Now they like to be around God's people and experience the touch of His Spirit. It couldn't happen in the flesh, but when the Spirit man came to life by the power and virtue of the second breath of God that came upon them, then their life was transformed. And then their life was changed. Hallelujah. Anybody here been changed? I watch people in frustration as they try to put their life in order. They realize that the acts of sin and the entanglements with iniquity they find themselves is destroying their family, destroying their own life, destroying their health. And so they try to take this thing by their own power and overcome the power of sin. Many of them try and try and try and are unsuccessful. Why? Because they're trying to do it with the flesh and with the carnal mind. But I've seen people, hallelujah, when they come into a Holy Ghost service bound up by the power of sin, bound up by the power of iniquity. And I watched it happen just a few years ago. Gene Lee, for 27 years, had been bound by uh, drug use, bound by a lifestyle that was contrary to the Word of God. But he came in the house of the Lord after he checked him south out of a drug rehab center and the power of God began to move and I watched as the breath of God began to blow upon him hallelujah and this man who had no power to help himself he tried every program and tried every idea and still found himself bound by iniquity and by sin when the breath of God came upon him his spirit man came to life I got to talk to Gene that night I did the talking. All he could do was mumble because he couldn't even speak in English because he was so lost in the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Day after day after day after day, he had been bound by drugs and by alcohol and by all of these things. He woke up the next morning and there was not a taste uh, for it in his lips. There was not a desire in his heart. Do you know why? There was a new man that had come to life inside of Gene Lee. Now you know what his high was? To come to the house of the Lord. And when the Spirit of God began to move, when the preacher began to preach, he began to rejoice until the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. I'm talking about the second breath of God. Anybody here tonight experience the power of that second breath of God's Spirit? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's one thing you notice about someone that's filled with the Holy Ghost. Their hungers and their appetites begin to change. These same people that whenever they drove by the bar... There was like an uncontrollable urge to pull that car over there. Whenever they heard that rock and roll honky-tonk music, there was that irresistible desire to get in the midst of it. Whenever they saw those people dancing and uh, huck-a-bucking to the worldly beat, they, they wanted to be right there in the middle of it. Whenever they began to smell the smell of alcohol, there was something hungry on the inside that began to reach out because that was a desire of the fleshly or the carnal man. That was their hunger. That was their passion. But now, they can drive by the same place and they're not affected by that any longer because there's a brand new man alive and living and working inside 
inside of them. I'm talking about the Spirit of God, the Spirit of man, hallelujah, being surrendered to the Spirit of God. I'm talking about life in Christ Jesus, just like the book of Ephesians chapter 2 that I mentioned already. Uh, you who were dead in trespasses in sin, that's who He's made alive, and He has made me alive by the power of His Spirit. Though I was bound by sin, now I have liberty through the Holy Ghost. When the spirit man is alive, that same individual that used to hunger after the things of this world, that used to wake up every morning and reach for the pack of cigarettes, every morning wake up and find out where that bottle of whiskey they laid beside their bed was, this same person wakes up in the morning and reaches for the Word of God. Hallelujah. Tell me how that happens. That's more than just willpower. That's more than just a desire to change oneself. That's a brand new man. That's a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Because the spirit of man has been inspired and made alive by the spirit of God. And when you come to the house of the Lord, you know you bring two people with you. <laughs> you bring your spirit and your flesh with you at the same time. When you come to the house of the Lord, there is still that little friction and warfare that takes place between the spirit man and the flesh. Whereas before, there was no battle, there was no war. You just lived after the flesh. Now, you may have a battle, you may have warfare, but if you walk after the Spirit, hallelujah, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That doesn't mean you won't be tempted, but you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh if you learn how to walk in the Spirit. Hallelujah. According to Romans chapter 8, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh any longer. But you come to church and you have your spirit man and your fleshly man. Can I tell you one thing? That your spirit man is created by God it's blown into you if you would by the spirit of the Lord that is your spirit it is unto God and just like your flesh likes t-bone steak your spirit likes to be in the presence of the Lord and loves to feel the presence and the spirit of God and loves to worship God that's where the conflict comes because my friends the flesh does not like to worship the Lord whether you believe it or not it's a fact it's it's settled it's in concrete your flesh does not like to worship the Lord there's that resistance from the flesh you know what it is your flesh will appear tired your flesh may be proud and won't let you worship your flesh may resist as you feel the spirit of the Lord but I've seen people when they finally break through and they silence the voice of that flesh and they move into the realm of the spirit that's where their spirit wanted to go all along the whole time their spirit wanted to get in the presence of the Lord. You know what your spirit man likes to do? Your spirit man likes to cut loose and get loose in the presence of the Lord. Your flesh may not like to do it, but the spirit man likes to give glory and honor and praise to the Lord. My flesh may resist it for a while. And you've been there before. You've been there with me, hadn't you? Trying to seek the Lord, trying to reach out to God. But it seems like there's a wall of resistance. I tell you what that is. That is your flesh trying to stop you from getting in the realm of the Spirit because your flesh doesn't like to go there. But there is a hunger. There is an insatiable appetite on the inside for the things of God. And that is after your spirit man comes to life. And if you're a Spirit-filled child of God and you keep reaching, you keep praying, you keep rejoicing until you move into the realm of the Spirit, it's like you broke the sound barrier there's no more drag on you anymore now 
now you can just enjoy the presence of the Lord because that voice of the flesh has been silenced and you're where your spirit man wants to be. Because there is a part of every man, a part of every man and woman, whether that part is alive or whether that part is dead, there's a part of every individual whose passion and hunger is to be in the presence of the Lord, is to feel the touch of God's Spirit, is to allow the presence of the Lord and the glory of God just to sweep over your soul. There's a part of every individual that has a passionate, that part of every person has a passionate desire and a hunger to be in the presence of the Lord. I'm talking about the people that are in prison for murder. I'm talking about those who may seem so far away from God. I'm talking about the punk rocker, the homosexual. I'm talking about everybody has a part of them that longs to be in the presence of the Lord, that has a hunger and a longing to feel the touch of the Holy Ghost. How do I know this? Because I know one thing. The Bible says that God breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. That is the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And there is a part of us that may be dead. Some of us it may be alive, but it's hunger and it's passion is to be in the presence of the Lord and to feel the power of God's Spirit and to move into the realm of the Spirit until you speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. Many people have no awareness of that hunger because their spirit man is dead. Their spirit man is unquickened. Their spirit man is lifeless in the meantime they're searching everywhere else for that satisfaction they know there's a hunger there they can't put their finger on it that's why they're looking for the newest rush the newest drug the newest excitement going to the latest movie trying to create that emotion and that feeling that can only be created when we get in the presence of the Lord and let the spirit of the Lord sweep over our soul and I want to tell you tonight that you can search high and low you can search everywhere but you will not satisfy your spirit man with anything other than that second breath of God that is the infilling of God's spirit just like they felt in the book of Acts chapter 2 and just like I felt hallelujah just like I felt some 17 years ago when the Lord filled me as a little boy with the Holy Ghost was it because I had a great understanding of theology was it because I could quote half the Bible no it was because in simple faith I believed the word of a preacher and the word of God that said if I want the Holy Ghost I can receive it if I desire to experience that spiritual life in Christ Jesus I can experience it all I have to do to re is respond to the Spirit of the Lord lift up holy hands unto God and begin to praise and worship him begin to ask him will you fill me with it Lord God hallelujah and then begin to give him glory for it until I move into that realm of the spirit and I'm no longer just a fleshly man but the breath of God is breathing upon me hallelujah and my spirit man is made alive and quickened by the spirit of the Lord if anybody has experienced that and is excited tonight I want you just to give praise to the Lord right now hallelujah in Jesus' name. That's it. You can stand to your feet and praise Him if you like. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're worthy. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could all stand together and just begin to praise the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I praise you. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could just worship the Lord right now. Your flesh doesn't want to, but there's a hunger on the inside. Your spirit man wants nothing more, hallelujah, than to move into the presence of the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Your fleshly man may want to go to McDonald's, but your spirit man wants to experience a touch of God's spirit right now. Hallelujah. Just reach out to him right now. Obey that inner voice. Obey that voice of the spirit and begin to reach out to the Lord right now. Jesus name in Jesus name thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah Hallelujah. Some of you, your spirit man is beginning to feel the light breeze of God's Spirit right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. If you've ever been hungry in the flesh, if you've ever been hungry physically and you begin to smell the, smell the wafting aroma of a steak cooking on the grill, oh, you're so close to satisfying that desire. So close, just a few feet away. There's that steak that will satisfy that hunger in your flesh. And in situations like this when the Spirit of the Lord begins to move and God's people begin to worship you may your spirit man begins to sense right there right close is that which would satisfy my inward man I'm in the right place I'm in the right house it's the right time and I sense that I'm close to that which would satisfy my soul hallelujah and you're so close right now in the house of the Lord right now as the Spirit of God begins to move as God's people lift up their hands and praise and worship Him you're so close to satisfying that hunger to bringing to life that spirit man you're right there right close you could turn and walk out of this building and your fleshly man would not even miss a beat but your spiritual man would be so grieved because you were so close to satisfying that hunger and that passion on the inside hallelujah in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah Lord hallelujah if our musicians could come right now hallelujah in Jesus name in Jesus name I feel Jesus in this place hallelujah 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 in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. That's it, church. Just keep worshiping. God's going to do something right now. Hallelujah. The Lord's promised He's going to do something here tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
The Bible says that Jesus, or I'm sorry, a song that we sing says, Jesus has the table spread where the saints of God are fed and He invites chosen people. Now come and dine. He's not talking about steak. He's not talking about turkey. He's not talking about spaghetti. But He's talking about that which will satisfy the inward man, the spirit man. And right now we're going to begin to sing in just a moment a song that says, I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus in this place. And my soul does burn within me because I feel Jesus in this place as we begin to sing this song as God's people worship Him come on saints of God we're not playing here tonight we're going to have church in the house of the Lord as God's people begin to reach out to God I want you if you're hungry in your heart for something spiritual God has you here tonight on purpose for a special reason He brought you here tonight it's not just some fate or circumstance that you're here tonight but God has brought you here tonight so that you can have your spirit man brought to life by the power of God's spirit as we begin to sing this song the saints of God are going to begin to gather around the front if you have a hunger in your spirit tonight to feel what we're feeling and to experience the power of the Holy Ghost that we preached about I want you to just begin to make your way around the front with God's people lift up your hands and begin to reach out to the Lord and I promise you before you leave here tonight your spirit man will be satisfied hallelujah I feel Jesus come on saints I feel Jesus I feel Jesus hallelujah so close Hallelujah, so close to that which will satisfy you. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. And my soul does burn within me. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name, that's it. I feel don't be afraid. Just come and gather together with us and begin to reach out to the Lord. I feel the breath of heaven right now. Feel the touch of God's Spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I feel I feel Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of you took care of your flesh today. You made sure it was satisfied. But your spirit man is hungry right now. Won't you just make that step and satisfy that spirit man right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, let's praise God. God's going to do something powerful right now in the name of Jesus. Is there anybody here tonight that will believe with me? In Jesus, name, just reach out to the Lord. In Jesus' name, with the power of the Spirit, Lord. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Just go ahead and open up your heart right now and let the Spirit of God begin to flow. You just have to open up. I Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Set aside everything that would cause you to resist and just let the Holy Ghost touch you fresh right now in the name of Jesus. I feel the power of God's Spirit right now. If you're hungry, God's going to satisfy you right now in the name of Jesus. When if there's anybody hungry, hallelujah, hungry for the Spirit of the Lord right now. Burn within me. Hallelujah. Here comes that breath of heaven. Here comes that breath of heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here comes that breath of God. Here comes the touch of His Spirit right now. You can feel the touch of the Holy Ghost. I feel Jesus. Yes, I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel you, Jesus. You're doing something right now. Hashababara hokoroshan for my soul Hallelujah. 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 That's it, ladies, men, let's pray with one another right now. Hallelujah. Your spirit man is hungry. Don't leave. Don't leave without making sure that you let the Spirit of the Lord sweep over your soul right now. Let's pray with one another. Find somebody, ladies. Find somebody to pray with. Join together and believe right now that God is going to pour out His Spirit. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus in this place and my soul does burn within me can you feel him Oh, I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. Yeah. That's it. Let Jesus do it right now. Oh, I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus. Oh, come on, church. The Lord inhabits the praises of His people. Some of these people praying in this altar, they can't praise Him because there's sin and condemnation in their life. But you can praise God for them and break the bondage in their life. You can lift up the name of the Lord and bring the power down into their life. Come on. Oh, holy presence of God. 
holy presence of God. We worship you. Come on, saint of God. Come on, saint of God. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Itala moho shandala mahashata. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. him he's here while he's passing by touch him touch him right now touch the hem of his garment there's virtue that word virtue means power somebody's going to reach out and touch the power of God right now somebody's going to reach out and get a hold of it and when they do it they're going to be made whole oh that's it Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Many of you are praying. I want you to continue praying. While you're praying, I feel the anointing of God in this altar right now. While you're praying, I want to bring a need before you. Is it Nancy Duarte? Is her last name Duarte? Uh, Nevis's sister? I guess that's her, her name. Is in the hospital fighting for her life right now. I mean, if you remember Sister Nancy, I believe we baptized her in Jesus' name and she received the Holy Ghost. Um, did, didn't she receive the Holy Ghost in this church? She's from Lamar. She had an abscess tooth and the dentist didn't pull it. And this infection has swelled her up. I've seen her today. It, her, she is so swollen that she can't even open her mouth. 
and they can't get in to cut the tooth out and she could die you know what I think it'd be awesome if right now while that nurse is working on her all of a sudden that swelling starts going down that infection is gone and they start scratching their head saying my lord and my god what is going on Sister Mariah she's in surgery right now let's pray let's send the power of God let's send his virtue into that uh, operation room how many of you believe our God still works miracles come on church lift your faith to God God I rebuke this infection my God you stay it in the name of Jesus Christ I curse this infection in the name of the Lord Jesus I rebuke it right now God you move into that operating room you work a miracle let the name of Jesus be glorified right now. Let Sister Nancy feel your presence. Comfort this young lady. I rebuke the spirit of fear and unbelief that's come upon her. I rebuke the tormenting devils that are tormenting her right now. In the holy name of Jesus, I praise you for it and I honor you for it. Come on, let's praise the Lord for hearing our prayer right now. Hallelujah, you're able, God. You're able. You're able. You're a healer. My God is a healer. Oh, come on. Let's praise Him. Don't, don't give in to your flesh right now. For God's sake, don't let your flesh dictate how you worship God right now. Let's give him the praise that he's worthy of. Let's give him the glory that he's worthy of. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your healing virtue. Thank you for your saving virtue. Thank you, Lord Jesus. see some of you you touched him some of you went behind the veil I see it right now you know what the priest did when he got behind the veil he started shouting because he was free he was in the Shekinah glory I see some of you you're getting behind the veil you're shaking the shackle the burdens of the people are off of you now you're in the presence of God oh that's it that's it that's it go ahead right now go ahead right now that's what you've been needing that's it, that's it, sis. Go ahead, talk in tongues right now. Go ahead, receive it right now.
Hallelujah. That's it. Yeah. Some of you didn't think you could go home with victory tonight, but you're getting in the Holy Ghost. You know you can now. You know you can fight that victory. You know you can fight the battle of victory. You know you can walk home and throw those cigarettes away now. God's giving you the strength to do it right now. You know you can walk out of here and not go back to the immorality that Satan's tempting you with. You know, come on, come on, church. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I want to tell you a prayer that's been answered. Last night I was on my way home from, I believe I was, I take, oh, I know where I was. I was on my, was on my way home from taking brother and sister Brown out to dinner. Feeding them dinner last night. Brother Johnson from Colorado Springs called me. Very distraught. He said, Paul, pray for me. He said, they just called me and my father just had a heart attack. They don't think he's going to make it. They were rushing him to Tulsa from wherever he lives. I don't even, is it Ada? I don't even remember where he lives. Ada, Oklahoma to Tulsa or something. I don't know where it was from. Somewhere down there. And uh, he said, I'm trying to find my brother. They've called us all in because the doctors told us they don't think he's going to make it. He's in his 80s. And I, I, I said, well, is there anything we can do? And he said, just pray. And I said, okay. That's what I'm going to do. I'm, we're we're going to pray. I don't know. Did I ask you all to pray with me? I can't remember. I don't think I did because I was by myself. I was getting gas. So I just... I just said, well, you know what? I'll bind together with you, and, and, and we'll pray. So I just prayed. I just said, God, you know, this man's had a lot on him this year, and he doesn't need this. Let your Holy Spirit move. Let the anointing of God move in his Father's life. And I'm sure there were other people that were praying. And I called him back a little while later, and I said, well, did you get older, your brother? And he said, well no and I said well do you want me to drive you to Oklahoma he said well I may need you to just hang tight he said I'll call you so to make a long story short he called me this afternoon I was washing my truck and uh, he, sa he said hey Paul I said yeah he said this is Tom he said yeah he said man he said you ain't gonna believe it he said my dad's sitting up talking to me they say he's going to be all right. They don't know the extent of the damage to the heart, but that it doesn't look like there's that much damage, and it was a major heart attack. They didn't think he was going to make it. I want to tell you something, church. I know who did that. 
I know the Lord. Some of you think, oh, it's just coincidence. That's why, that's why God can't move in your life. You need to rebuke that fear and that unbelief out of your life so God can move. I know who touched that man last night. And I know who wants to touch you right now. You can walk out of here with victory if you'll claim it in Jesus' name. Oh, let's stand on our feet and worship him one more time before we leave this house. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Lord, I feel faith in this house. I feel like somebody's touching him right now. I feel like Jesus who touched me. Who touched me? Somebody's touching him right now. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I, one of the phenomenal miracles in this church, I have never been hooked on tobacco. My father was. My father was a backslider and he came back to God and he fought a horrible battle with cigarettes. But God gave him victory over them. But one of the major miracles is the Brother Bob Scheid. You know, some of you, you don't know how hard it is to kick an addiction because some of you are still addicted. You, you haven't admitted to yourself you're addicted. You got every excuse in the world of why you're doing what you're doing. And as long as you have those excuses, you can't get free from that. Oh, I'm fighting the devil, but you know I'm coming. I'm ready to charge hell with a bucket of water right now. I feel faith. I feel God driving me saying, you go ahead and say it, boy. I'll back you up. And until you start combating an addiction in your life, you don't know how hell will attack you. But you also will never know until you start fighting that addiction how heaven will back you up. Anybody here delivered from cigarettes? Raise your hand high if he's delivered. How long, Sister Gina, did you smoke? 20 years. How many times? Turn the music down so I can hear her. Keep playing. Don't quit. How many times did you promise yourself you were going to quit? You couldn't count them, could you? What's the longest you ever quit without the Holy Ghost? How many? Three days. How long has it been since you smoked a cigarette? Ten years. Now, unless you've ever fought that battle, you don't know what kind of miracle is standing right there. Sister Shirley, how long, how long did you smoke? And how many times did you promise yourself that you'd quit? Did you ever try? What was the longest that you ever went without smoking when you tried, without the hoses? Not even a day. How long has it been since you smoked a cigarette? Ten years. Is this awesome? Hey, is our God a big God? Don't come here with your sob story to me about how God can't help you. Brother Jimmy, how long did you smoke? 17 years. Did you ever try to quit? Every day. What's the longest you ever went? About a day, day and a half. How long has it been since you smoked a cigarette? Been over four years. 
My God, does anybody feel the excitement I'm feeling right now? I feel like it's somebody's night to go home and throw their cigarettes away and say, you have bound me the last time, devil. You are gone. You are out of my life. Brother Tafoya, how long did you smoke? Did you ever try to quit? <laughs> Do you ever remember how long you ever went without the Holy Ghost? <laughs> 40,000 comedians out of a job and we got one in here. <laughs> without the Holy Ghost, how long? Do you ever remember trying to quit and how long you were able to do it? Probably two days or so. How long has it been since you smoked a cigarette, brother? 21 years. Is that awesome? Where is Sister V Hill? I cannot do this without talking to Sister V Hill. There she is. Sister V Hill, how long did you smoke? 20 years? This lady, when she would come to this church, she's struggling. How many years did you come to this church while you was fighting with smoking? Three years. She told me there were times she felt like committing suicide because she wanted deliverance so bad. Well, that would break the habit, but don't do that. <laughs> that just give you worse problems. How long has it been since you smoked a cigarette? How many? Ten years. Been ten years. It's you, you smoked for 10 years, 20 years, and you've been delivered almost 10 years. Is that awesome, church? Is our God an awesome God? Brother Bob, when did you start chewing? He was three years old, first time he ever chewed tobacco. Anybody else ever chew tobacco around here? Brother Ben, when did you start chewing? How long did you chew? Eight years? Did you ever try to quit? Couldn't quit. How long has it been since you chewed? Long time. Isn't that awesome? How long did you chew, Brother Bob? Over 30 years, Brother Bob chewed. Come up here one night, set his can on the altar, had us pray for him. How long has it been since you chewed? Six years. February. Seven years. Whatever. It's long enough. I just feel like I need to do this to help somebody here tonight. Anybody hooked on cocaine before they came to the Lord? How long did you, did you do coke, Brother Jimmy? Did you snort a mainline? Or all of it? Snort it. Smoked it, cracked. That's bad stuff. $300 a day habit. How long has it been since you've smoked a pipe of crack? Five years. Is our God an awesome God? You ever try to break the addiction of cracks? It's one of the worst addictions you can get into. Anybody else? Anybody else hooked by drugs? Anybody hooked by marijuana? Who couldn't get off of marijuana? Sister, sister, Melinda. 
How long did you smoke marijuana? Through your teenage years? And how long has it been since you smoked a joint? <laughs> Ten years? Many years? Many years. Is that awesome? Is our God able? Who else was smoked? Who, who else smoked marijuana? You did? You did it all, didn't you, Brother Jimmy? Brother Jimmy was a rock and roller. You should have seen him when he came to his church. Hair down to his waist. He had a Fu Manchu that would put Bruce Lee to shame. I got to tell you a neat story about Brother Jimmy. He was coming, seeking victory in this altar, and he couldn't get victory. I, I, to this day, I don't believe I've ever done this to anybody else. But while he was praying in this altar, God spoke to me, and I, I went down to him, and I said, Look, Brother Jimmy, a sign of long hair is a sign of submission to a woman, to a man. Boy, it's quiet in here. It's a sign from God that a woman is in submission to her husband. That's why the Bible says it's a shame for a man to have long hair. He's not in submission to the woman. The woman should be in submission to him. I said, if you'll cut your hair, that's a sign you're in submission to God. I think you still got the ponytail somewhere, don't you? He went and cut it off, come back, and God gave him glorious victory in this altar. See, we, we, we look like a bunch of whitewashed Holy Joe people, but you got to see where God brought us from. And I won't dare ask you to raise your hand if you messed around on your family and you were in immoral sin. Because every one of us, before we came to God, felt the filthy, filthy degradation of immorality. But aren't you thankful to God He delivered us from that filthy trash? Aren't you glad? Let's give Him a high praise. Come on, let's give Him a high praise. He's been good to us. Hallelujah. Let's remember church tomorrow night. I don't know what that is. Bless this food, Lord. Uh, Sister Elder wants to see all of the ladies. Before you leave, Sister V. Hill. Sister Marion, Sister Ware, Sister Gina, and Sister Debbie. Who else helped make tamales last night? Sister Elder, thank you so much, ladies, for helping us make tamales last night. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> Brother and Sister Padilla for cleaning the church. They've been cleaning the church all week. Let's give them a hand for a blessing to us. Praise God. Sister Elder needs to see all of the ladies briefly before you leave. Don't forget to pick up your forms. Help us sell these bouquets. They'll sell real easy. People like to buy stuff for their sweethearts. I need to see all praise singers and musicians very briefly before you leave. Very briefly. Won't take very much time. All praise singers and musicians very briefly 